Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast, starring your defending champion, Cascade Bear, Stirk Daddy, Justin STP6, Andy Pollock, Randy Santarelli, D. Slackey, the debut of House Deets, Candle Still Lit, Little Slads, WGL 1035, Prince Palmer 17, Lefty 79, and Bucks in 6. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We're going to be reviewing week number 5 and previewing week number 6 in this episode of the podcast. So I'm joined by always by Justin. Justin, how are you doing today? We had quite an eventful day with a tornado warning and having to deal with kids. I know I had to shove, well, not me individually, but me and a couple other teachers, we had 200 plus students inside of a band room for a tornado warning. Yeah, that's what you were telling me before we started recording. That sounds pretty crazy. We had a tornado warning go off in Partyville, and everybody blinked and kept moving on like it was nothing happening. <laughs> so I think it was right around noon, but we didn't have, at the time, it was barely raining. Yeah. Milwaukee got quite a different storm than we got. Do you have a favorite game from week five looking back? I know you weren't really watching because you were traveling back. I'm assuming it wasn't the London game. Uh, no. No, I remember I was watching that on my phone at Charlotte Airport. That was definitely not the London game. Um, but the, the Chiefs-Raiders game was pretty awesome. Um, hmm. I enjoyed watching that last night. I didn't watch all of it, but I watched like the whole second half, and that was very, very entertaining, or two nights ago now. Yeah, my favorite game was the Seahawks and the Saints. It was just a high-scoring affair. It ended up being, um, oh, man, where is this? Yeah, 30, 39 to 32, yeah. Uh, the over was 45, and the, they scored 71. So whenever it hits the over by a lot, it's always exciting, and a lot of uh, fantasy implications as well. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun in New Orleans, and we drove right past it on the way in and out of the city. Um, we got to do uh, Bourbon Street right, and a lot of music would just, like, walk into the bars and start playing. And uh, part of the wedding, we got to do, like, a two-block parade of where we were uh, with a police escort, and we're drinking champagne and um, waving our like handkerchiefs around to celebrate them as the band is playing. That was a lot of fun. It was a really good New Orleans weekend. I wish I could have saved for that game because that would have been a lot of fun to see too. Yeah, and probably wouldn't have been too expensive with Andy Dalton versus Geno Smith. Hey, they're nice guys. <clears throat> yes, they are. Okay, Justin, take it away with cookies. How do we do this week? How are we doing on the season? Where does this rank? So, um, we're, we did okay this week. Uh, it's We're literally right in the middle. We Through five weeks, this is the third highest score. At a 355.68, it was pretty much middle of the road last for what last year's cookies scores were as well. We did have one tie. Um, we decided that the guy that didn't push a cameraman um, should not get the tiebreaker. The real tiebreaker was that Tyler Lockett ended up having more catches um, over Devontae Adams because they had the same amount of touchdowns and over 100 yards receiving, same amount of points, which is kind of crazy. But uh, we had some pretty good, pretty high-scoring performances and uh, some pretty low-scoring ones, which, like, 
I love Dervin James, but you got a cookie for him, and he only had like 12 and a half, which most weeks the IDP um, DBs are like 18, 19, something like that. It's kind of shocking. Um, Andy had a phenomenal week. She got four cookies. She won eight bucks um, for Fernet, Jefferson, Lockett, and Bradley Chubb. Um, then Sterk, Cascade, yourself, and Danny all had two. So Danny's um, superiority of cookies just continues to reign. And then I got one for the monster, Aaron Donald. Um, if you look at the individual player cookies, um, all quarterbacks, they all, all of them have one. Um, that have had them so far. Uh, Saquon and Austin Eckler are leading the pack with two, and Eckler just got one um, this past week. Uh, for wide receivers, Justin Jefferson. The, I believe he's called Roy on the nickname. Uh, he is got three. All the other receivers that have a cookie only have one. For tight ends, it's a two-horse race. TJ got it last week. But Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey each with two apiece. Uh, kickers all have one. Uh, defensive lineman Max Crosby is leading the pack after a great performance this past week. Uh, got a second cookie. No, I think he just missed his second cookie, actually, now that I'm looking at that. Um, okay, he's got two. He just missed a third cookie. But he's leading the pack for IDPs. Uh, Micah Parsons has... Uh, one and a half, and Devin White has two for linebackers, and all DBs only have one so far. If we look at the cookie <clears throat> team totals, Team D has 11 of those. You really need to get a team name, especially with your domination you've had so far this school year. Um, get Burrowed Bitches doubled her cookie total um, from four to eight and is in second place. Outdoor Furnishings has seven and a half. Then we have a... Three-way tie for fourth with 200 mil all. King Burke Daddy and Tuanon with six. Team Candle Still Lit has five. Peacock Power and myself has four. Team Prince Palmer has three. Team Little Slads and Time to Play the Game have two. And bringing up the rear is These Bitches Love Bosa with only one and a half. And he is still feeling the effects of one of those Bosas being out for about two months. So that is our cookie roundout from this past week. Like I said, it was pretty much middle of the road. Um, we had some pretty solid performances from some running backs and wide receivers to kind of help that score out. And then, of course, Josh Allen's domination. Sounds good. So let's take a look at week five. The first matchup to discuss was between me, the whole world in his hands, Bucks and Six, against Get Burrowed Bitches, Andy's team. Andy won this matchup 203.3 to 140.4. That is a 63-point victory, moving Andy to 2-3, and three, and then me also to 2-3. and three. On my side, I had 12 from Abby the Witch, 27.7 from The Fiend, uh, disappointing performance for, by The White Rabbit, 18.7 from Firefly Funhouse, 12 from The Swamp Rat, and then in his swan song with my team, Blood Signature with 1.5. Also follow the Buzzards had 12, Cult Leader with 12.5, and, and Sister Abigail with 11. So my IDPs came to play today. <clears throat> On Andy's side, she had Matthew Stafford with 12.3 and 35.9 from Leonard Fournette. She also had uh, 25.9 from Two Girls, One Cup, 30.32 from Roy, 
She started Darren Waller, who scored zero because he got hurt. 12 from Curtis Samuel, and then 27.4 from Tyler Lockett. IDPs, 23 out of Bradley Chubb, and that's pretty much it. So again, after this matchup, Andy moves to 2-3, and three, and then myself also is 2-3. and three. The next matchup is between Time to Play the Game and KC and the Sunshine Band. Time to Play the Game destroyed KC and the Sunshine Band and was named Team of the Week in the... Uh, in the newsletter, he won this match of 134.3 to 78.2. That is about a 76 point victory. Uh, actually, 56 point victory, I believe. Looking at time to play the game side, he had 20.2 from Sari. Um, pretty bad performances from quarterbacks and his wide receivers. He got 10.8 out of Zertz. 20.3 out of Snakes and Ladders, 11 out of Kick-Ass the board game. He also got 11.5 out of Clue and 10.5 out of Jewel, Jewel Quest, who was just pre- previously picked up. On KC and the Sunshine Band's side, he had 16.4 out of Got That Dog in him. Dis- disappointing performances from running backs. Wideouts, he had 11.9 from Catches Anything. Uh, a really bad 1.6 from United State of Iowa after he just tore the league apart. Uh, and zero in the flex out of Gronklin, so he tried the double tight end approach, but it didn't work. He also had only a half point from Jay Kumaro's cousin, and nine from Nick Bolton. After this matchup, Casey and the Sunshine Bands two and three, and time to play the game is the only team that is three and two. Is seventy-eight point two two the lowest score we've had? Uh, Will asked that. I have not kept a record of our lowest scores, but it was not good. That's for sure. Okay, I wasn't sure because I knew that. I think there was like one time or two times in a year that Ryan had like really, really low scores. I think Lefty had one at one point. I don't remember that far back of what the score was. Next, we have Team D Sladkey versus Team Little Slads, the Sladkey Bowl. And it wasn't really much of a bowl because Team D Sladkey destroyed Little Slads 225.5 to 133.5. So that is a. A 92-point victory for D-Slads. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Little Slads is just the biggest, probably the biggest disappointment thus far in our league's history when you think about what his expectations were coming into the season. Little Slads is now, yeah, I know. Little Slads is now 1-4, and D-Slads is opposite, 4-1. and On D-Slads, he said he had 38.4 out of Patrick Mahomes, 19.6 19.6 from Saquon Barkley, 27.4 from Devonte Adams, who might be suspended. We'll see. 24.2 out of Stephon Diggs and 33.5 out of Travis Kelsey. 23.4 out of Mike Williams. And in his swan song, he's going to miss about three to four weeks. Damian Harris only scores 2.2. Also his kicker, Nick Folk with 18. IDP's Max Crosby, 15.5. Little Slad side, he had 21.7 out of Tom Brady, 27.2. To get out the way, 20 and a half out of Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, he was injured most of the week, but T. Higgins scored him zero, 12.4 out of Cortland Sutton, and another zero, uh, O.J. Howard, who was then cut afterwards. Alvin Kamara scored 23.4, and the IDPs, nothing of note. So again, Little Slads is now 1 and 4 in last place. These slag is the opposite, 4 and 1 in first place. Next, we had Outdoor Furnishings versus 200M All. Outdoor Furnishings continues 
to be a nightmare for Randy with another victory, 193.6 to 140.0. So that is a 53.6 point victory for Cascade Bear, who's now 4-1. And, and Randy is now 2-3. and three. Cascade Bear had Bird Feeder with 27.6. He had 10 out of Giant Sombrero and Shades, who probably should have had more. 11.2 out of Superstar Flower, 17.8 out of Horseshoe Pit, and 22.9 out of Squirrel Feeder. Don't forget about 30.3 from Wicker Furnishings and 18.2 out of Ladder Golf Game Set. He had zero points out of Welcome Back Buddy. wonder if he keeps them. 19.5 out of 2021 Unanimous Defensive Player of the Year, I think. 14 from Gas Grill, 15 out of zero turn lawnmower. Just a lot of really good performances. Randy's side, he had only 9 out of Russell Wilson, who continues to disappoint. 26.1 out of Dalvin Cook and 25.4 out of Nick Chubb. He also got 12.1 out of Mike Evans, a fat 0 out of Dalton, Dalton Schultz. I think that's back-to-back game weeks he's played and gotten 0. I'll have to check. I had one yep, the week you're before. correct. And then the week before that, he didn't play because he was hurt. He had a so Dalton Schultz has 13.2 the first week, 1.8 the second, and zero the, the following three. <laughs> In his last game of the season for Randy, Rashad Penny had 5.4. Kareem Hunt got 14.7, and Daniel Carlson, his kicker, was 16. In the IDPs, he had Fred Warner was 17. So again, after this matchup, Randy now moves to two and three, and Cascade Baird four and one. In the matchup of the week, and the stack correct has still not came in. If there's going to be one, wow, what a victory for Justin! One thirty-two point three to one thirty-one point two, a one point one point victory, moving Justin to two and three, and Cascade or Candle still lit also to two and three. What are your thoughts on that? I did not expect to win going into this week. Um, my team did not put up a great performance, but I guess that all, that's all I really needed. Uh, Candle still lit. Definitely should have won this game looking at some of the guys on his bench. I'm happy. I did not expect this. So, on Justin's side, he had Cod Chico with 18.2. He had 20.6 out of Mari Cooper and 20.4 out of Chris Olave, who caught a touchdown and got a concussion on the same play. 15.2 out of Josh Reynolds. Oh, 2.1 out of Captain Kirk, who's been pretty good this year. That's disappointing. 18.5 out of Monster. On Candle Still Lit side, he had 20.8 out of Goat Emoji. He had 13.5 out of Lizard Emoji. My gosh, he had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 starters under 10 points. Then he had Eagle 5 with 22.8, and his kicker, Spaceball's the kicker, 16. IDPs were all very disappointing. Again, after this matchup, both Justin and Candlestill Lit are now 2-3. and three. The last matchup of Week 5 was between Team Prince Palmer and Iced McCaffrey. This also was not even close of a matchup, as Sterk Daddy wins this matchup 186.9 to 97.2. So that is about an 89-point victory for Sterk Daddy, who moves to 4-1 and... One and uh, Prince Palmer has now lost three in a row, and he's second worst in the league, now at two and three. Tough run had, for Ryan. So we had two matchups this past week that had almost 90-point victories and two teams that didn't score 100. Ow. Disappointing for sure. Let's take a look at Ryan's performers. First, he had bet on himself 
Starface emoji was 16.7. His running backs combined for 3.5 points. And please out preform Camara 3.4. And keep chasing waterfalls with point one. One carry for one yard. Wow. That's insane. He also had Chico with 12. We had overrated with 14.8. Why is he calling his own player overrated? <laughs> Don't get that one. IDPs, he had Legereus Sneed with 10, and then everybody else was just so disappointing for his roster. On Sturkdad, he said it was a different story as Josh Allen led the way with 43.1. He had Christian McCaffrey with 23.4. Austin Eckler at 35.9. Tyreek Hill with 13. And then Dallas Goddard with 17.5. Also, Joe Mixon at 12.8. And Graham Gano with 10 in London. IDPs, all of which were pretty disappointing as well. Again, Stirk Daddy is now four and one, and Prince Palmer is now two and three. And that was week five. Any thoughts on that week five overall? I know you made mention of some of the scores and the results. Yeah, I, I, it was just kind of crazy to see that for a while our league looked, there's a lot of parity. There are a lot of teams that are very close to each other, but then in the past week we've also had some pretty gigantic blowouts. And we have our five and six seed that would make the playoffs in uh, get burrowed bitches and 200 mil all with losing records. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, there's a lot of parity. So teams five through 11 all have two and three records. So the, the two, two teams, three teams that are really at, at the top of the pack. We now we have D Slacky, um, Ice McCaffrey and Outdoor Furnishings all at four and one. Then Lefties at three and two. Then Team Little Slides is one and four, and everybody else is in the middle. So Lefties actually matched his win total from last year. Now he's three and two. Yet he was three and eleven last year. If he unless he loses nine in a row, he will definitely have a better record than last year. I get why he's the team of the week. That's a great win for him. All right, Justin, what do we got for trades this week? I really thought there's something happening, and we got some messages about trades that might be brewing. I've heard some rumors of some offers that have been sent, or and some, some owners have been reaching out to other teams. Nothing. Come on, guys. I don't even – we're at, like, I think when we had cutdowns, we might have had a trade or two. So we're at about six weeks without a deal. Mm-hmm. Let's get something done. But we did, per the usual, have waivers that went through. Let's take a look at them. There was 10 of them that went through today. The first one at the top is incredibly puzzling in my eyes. So Stirk Daddy picked up Donald Parham for $23 and dropped Gronk. Don't really care about dropping Gronk. But if you look at Parham, in five games he has played one game. He had one target in five games. Stirk dropped $23 and no one else even dropped a single dollar. I know he was hurt. I think he was on IR or whatever, something like that. So that might have explained some of it. But mm-hmm. still, I don't get that one either. Yeah, he could have waited. He probably could have just picked him up straight up. I mean, obviously he could have. The second one was a little more interesting. It was Cascade Bear picking up Matthew Judon and dropping Uchenna Nuwosu. Cascade dropped $21 on him. The next closest was Stirk Daddy, who dropped 15 Udon's been very, very productive. Um, 
I was looking at his stats, and he's been in double digits in four out of the five games. In his last game, he had a monster one. So I, I definitely get the, the bids for him there. So he has at least one sack in every single game. And he has both linebacker and defensive line flexibility. That's a guy to go pick up. That's that's a worth it for Cascade for sure. Then Andy, after a good performance for the 49ers, picked up Tevin Coleman for $17. The next closest was Lefty, who dropped ten dollars. Uh, I will be with. Um, I think someone else said it in the chat earlier as well. I didn't know Tevin Coleman was still in the league, and he had a great, great game this past weekend. Good for him. Then we have Lefty. <laughs> so, to put some preface on this, somehow during the Washington Commanders game on Sunday, Lefty put in a bid for Diami Brown, and it just randomly went in. It went through. And it was for only like five bucks, right? Yeah. So he picks up Diami Brown for fifteen dollars, and then drops Mac Hollins, who was another waiver wire guy. Uh, the next closest bid was Little Slads with five bucks, but it was only two bids. I don't know if if you were watching that Raiders uh, Chiefs game closely, Mac Hollins did not belong on the field. He couldn't run a route right. He kept messing up. He couldn't block. He had penalties. I was very confused as to why he was wide um, receiver two of the Raiders when uh, Renfro was gone. And uh, now I see why he's getting dropped. Next was Sterk Daddy picking up Eddie Jackson from the Bears, defensive back. For $12, no one else put in a bid. If you look at Eddie Jackson, he has had a pick in three out of five games this season. He's been pretty solid. Uh, I did like him in Alabama and kind of struggled a little while for the Bears. Uh, obviously... Stirk outbid no one, but, I mean, if he thinks that he's going to be a player for him going forward, I get it. So then next, we had Stirk Daddy also picking up Darius Slayton for 10 bucks and dropping Brashad Perriman. Darius Slayton was the guy for the Giants uh, in London. He They don't really have anybody else to throw to right now. He had seven targets, caught six of them for 79 yards against Green Bay. Great performance. That's a good pickup. Then we had Randy picking up, I don't know how to pronounce his name, even with him being a charger, but Taylor Bertole, I think it is. He's a kicker. He picked him up for 5 bucks and dropped Tanner Hudson, but I don't know if you saw the waiver wire today. Uh, Randy actually dropped Bertole. Yeah, so he just he put $5 and lit it on fire of fab. Because he went and he put five bucks on this kicker and then immediately dropped him. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting strategy. I didn't even know Bertolet was on the Bertolet, Bertolet, whoever the fuck you are. Um, didn't know he was on the Chargers. And I'm also confused why he went and picked up an injury kicker or injury replacement kicker. Yeah. Then you picked up Jawan Jennings for $0 and dropped Brian Edwards. The experiment with Brian Edwards looks to be over. He's been so disappointing. I had I have him in a couple different leagues, and I think I've dropped him in almost all of them except for Sarcastiball because you kind of need a, a guy's section to get some snaps. He's just been bad. Mm-hmm. Then I picked up Dorrance Armstrong. He is a defensive lineman for the Cowboys and dropped Alex Highsmith, who is kind of the T.J. Watt fill-in. He hasn't really performed outside of week one for zero bucks. Sterk picked up Eric Saubert from the Broncos, another tight end. And dropped Demarcus Robinson. We also then afterwards had some free agent pickups, including Little Slides picking up PJ Walker, XFL legend, 
and dropping Philip Lindsay, your long lost buddy. Yeah, um, we'll see. He's not even part of the practice schedule this week uh, right now, so I'm, I'm not sure why he missed practice. But yeah, I, I really thought Lindsay was going to be a guy of the future. But I, I'm loving that XFL legend is being picked up and might be starting this week. Yeah. Then Lefty picked up Tariq Woolen. He has scored double digits in every single game minus the first this year. That's insane. He dropped Rashad Weaver, another IDP. Uh, we'll put in a link of the t- – You don't know either of them? No. Okay. We'll put a link in for the 20 best Chris Berman nicknames of all time. Uh, Randy made a move, as we said, picking up Chase McLaughlin and dropping Bertole or whatever how you say it. Uh, Little Slads picked up Dre Greenlaw and dropped Levante David. Little Slads also picked up Jalen Petrie and dropped Christian Kirksey, former Packer. Little Slads picked up Von Bell and dropped Frankie Louvu. Will picked up Preston Smith and dropped LaVisca Chenault. How the Mighty Have Fallen, a former second-round pick. And he was involved in two trades. He had 17 points in that one week because of that one really long touchdown and has had either a DNP or a zero in every other week. <laughs> Will then picked up Jonathan Allen and then dropped Preston Smith, who he just picked up. And then Lefty picked up Cole Holcomb and dropped Quinnen Williams. And that's it. Any thoughts on any of those other players or no? Um, I think we got some guys who are just kind of swapping into the bench. IDP backups for the most part. We talked about Chase McLaughlin for Andy. Some of these guys that were being dropped at one point, like Levante Dave and Christian Kersey, were must-start IDPs every week, and they're no longer viable. It's kind of interesting how some of those guys have fallen. And that's it for waivers in the news feed. So, Justin, take it away with our Week 6 preview. All right, now that the sleeper app is not finally allowed me to click onto it. All right, we got week six coming forward. Oh, boy, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, first off, we got Team Little Slads versus Iced McCaffrey. Um, they are completely opposite records with Iced McCaffrey at four and one and with Little Slads at one and two, or one and four, wow. Uh, so right now, Sterk is projected to win by about 24 points. For Team Little Slads, he'll be starting Tom Brady against uh, the Steelers, Alvin Kamara against the Bengals, Ramondre Stevenson coming off a great performance against the Browns, Gabriel Davis, oh, he's actually playing him this week, wow, Uh, against the Chiefs, a phenomenal game last week, Cortland Sutton against the Chargers, Uh, he's going to start Taysom at the tight end spot against the Bengals, Travis Etienne against the Colts, and Devin Singletary against the Chiefs. IDPs, he's got Dre Greenlaw, who he just picked up, projected to be around 10 points. Uh, for Stirk Daddy, he'll be starting Josh Allen, cookie winner, against the Chiefs. Um, t- namesake after, Christian McCaffrey against the Rams. Cookie winner, Austin Eckler against the Broncos on Monday Night Football. Michael Thomas against the Bengals, who is questionable right now. Tyreek Hill, who's going to have Skylar Thompson throwing to him, I think. Against the Vikings, Dallas Goddard versus the Cowboys, Isaiah McKenzie versus the Chiefs, Joe Mixon against the Saints, 
IVPs, he's got Eddie Jackson, we just picked up, projected to be over 10 points. If this held, Stirk would move to 5-1, and one, and Little Slads would move to 1-5, and five, which is, wow, that's that's just crazy to me. Um, Alright, next matchup. We have Outdoor Furnishings versus KC and the Sunshine Band. Uh, KC and the Sunshine Band is looking for a much better performance than this past week, but is currently projected to lose by 7 to Outdoor Furnishings. Uh, for outdoor furnishings, he is starting Jay Bird Feeder, ladder game golf set against the Commanders, and Bird Feeders against the Cowboys. Uh, Giant Sombrero and Shades versus the Jets. Superstar Flower versus Falcons. Shoe Pit against the Cardinals. Squirrel Feeder against the Giants. Hummingbird Feeder. Wait, what? Currently got Calvin Ridley. Starting in one of his flex spots. Shut up. He doesn't. He doesn't have another flex spot um, in there right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how well that pays off. Um, <laughs> for <laughs> for the IDPs, he has got recently picked up Matt Judon. Um, projected to be around ten. Tree trimmer and 2021 unanimous defender of the year all projected to be around or over 10 points. I am very confused what Jake is doing in his flex spots, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Even with two joke flex spots, he's still currently projected to be... Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, for for Will, uh, he's got, got that dog in him on Monday night against Denver. Ooh, another primetime Broncos game. Awesome. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Mythological hero something uh, against the Colts. Do the hustle against the Packers. Part of Detroit Lakes versus the Dolphins. Catches anything versus the Jaguars. Gronklin looking for a better than zero point performance this week against the Packers. Bourbon Myers against the Browns. Pick Train against the Jets. Uh, for IDPs, he's got Peace Sign Buddy Ears. Oh, would have had a cookie if he would have been in the lineup um, starting as an IDP spot. If that held, uh, Jake would move to 5-1 and one and Will to 2-4. and four. Next matchup is the number one overall seed in Team D. Sladke versus Get Burrowed Bitches, who Team D. D Sladke is currently projected to lose by about 5 to Andy. That would be a shake-up at the top. James Conner is not projected to play, and Mike Williams is also highly questionable. He could be in some big trouble this week, honestly. And I know that D. Sladke has a phenomenal starting lineup. He does not have that much depth behind them. So that could be a huge um, problem for him this, this week coming forward. Uh, so 14 D. Sladke. He's got Pat, Patrick Mahomes against the, the Bills. Uh... Saquon against the Ravens, and then the two guys you just mentioned, James Conner versus Seattle, and Mike Williams versus Denver, are both very highly questionable. The guys that he could play for them, uh, Damian Harris is out. Sammy Watkins is out. He'd be playing Jarvis Landry, and maybe like Robbie Anderson or something, if he has another running back in, an, in a flex spot. He does not. Oh boy, he is—he's in some trouble if those guys can't play. 
That means he'll be starting Robbie Anderson in one of those spots, Jarvis Landry, and then maybe like Wes Watkins. Close. Um, okay. Uh, then he's got Nick Folk, the cookie winner in the past week as a kicker. And then a Bella Dangers man way over 10 projected points in that slugfest that's going to happen on third, tomorrow night. Forget Burrow bitches. Uh, at Stafford against the Panthers. Cookie winner Leonard Fournette versus the Steelers. Melvin Gordon versus the Chargers. Two girls, one cup versus the Panthers. Roy, uh, cookie winner against the Dolphins. Robert Tunyon against the Jets. Curtis Samuel versus the Bears. Tyler Lockett, cookie winner versus the Cardinals. Uh, she's got two projected to be around 10 and cookie winner Bradley Chubb and then Zayvon Collins. If this held, it would shake up the league a little bit. D Team D Slacky would move to 4 and 2, and Andy would move to 3 and 3, 500. Alright, next matchup. We have Time to Play the Game versus 200 Mil All. Pretty close matchup. Uh, right now, Randy is projected to win by about 5 points. For Time to Play the Game, he'll be starting Jim Rummy against the Cardinals, Risk versus the Cowboys. Sorry versus the Falcons, Perfection versus the Eagles, Outburst versus the Vikings, Zerts against the Seahawks, Yahtzee coming off of a giant rushing performance in the new starter against the Cardinals, Day against the Colts, and he has Cornhole newly picked up. Um, Cole Holcomb is the only IDP projected to be around 10. For 200 mil all, he'll be starting Kirk Cousins. Russell Wilson experiment must be over uh, against the Dolphins. Dalvin Cook also versus the Dolphins, doubling up with Vikings there. A.J. Brown on Sunday night against the Cowboys. Mike Evans versus Pittsburgh. Dalton Schultz, we'll see if he can score more than a zero points uh, against the Eagles. Kareem Hunt against the Patriots. Julio Jones against the Steelers. The kicker we just talked about already. He's got two IDPs, Fred Werner and Harrison Smith. So he got three Vikings in his starting lineup, projected to be around 10 points. If that held, uh, both teams would move to 3-3 three and three and be firmly in the middle. Next, we have your squad, the whole world in his hands, with another team name change, uh, against Team Candles to Lit. I will no longer make fun of team name changes. I know I made a lot. It's just, uh, I had to make note of it. Uh... So after this uh, matchup projected, uh, Team Candle Silhouette is projected to win about by 17 points. Um, for the whole world in his hands, he's got Nextus, who I currently questionable. I didn't think he was going to be playing this week. Um, okay, well, you also have Bailey Zappi. So whoever starts at quarterback for the Patriots against the Browns, uh, the Fiend against the Packers, White Rabbit versus the Giants, Come With Me versus the Commanders, Huskis versus the Bears, Husky Harris versus the Broncos, Fear of Worlds against the Bills, and Swamp Rat against the Steelers. For IDPs, you got Follow the Buzzards way over 10 projected, and Cult Leader projected to be right at 10. Uh, for Team Candle still lit, he's got Goat Emoji against the Jets, who's somehow questionable. Interesting, he's playing. Uh, King Rowland versus the Buccaneers. Lone Star versus the Eagles. 
doghouse versus the Falcons. Wizard emoji. Maybe it's a crocodile. I don't know. Uh, versus the Jets. Yogurt versus the Falcons. Spaceball Trooper versus the Saints. Eagle 5 versus Seattle. He's got all four of his IDPs projected to be right around 10 points in Gorilla emoji. Dr. Schlotkin, Elite Spaceball, and First Team All Pro. That held, both teams would be three and three. And the final matchup of the week is Team Peacock Power versus Team Prince Palmer. Get a team name, let's go. Um, right now, myself, I'm projected to win by about five over Ryan. We'll see if that holds. For myself, I'll be starting COD or Call of Duty Cheat Code against the Seahawks, Darnell Anderson versus the Panthers, Jonathan Taylor, I hope he plays against the Jaguars, Amari Cooper versus the Patriots, Young Buck, as of right now, I hope he plays against the Bengals, Luseg Gasick uh, against the Vikings, very disappointing performance from him so far, Speed Demon against the Bills, Captain Kirk against the Colts. For IDPs, I got two projected around 10 or more in Monster and Jordan Hicks. For Team Prince Palmer, he is going to have bet on himself going up against, against the Giants. Please outperform Kamara against the Jets. Keep chasing waterfalls. He's going to hope that he chases more than 0.1 points this week against the Vikings. Cheat Code versus the Saints. My Cousin versus the Broncos. Overrated against the Patriots. My London London Bridges against the 49ers. Hope you poo-poo against the Bills. <clears throat> He's got his IDP D lineman is currently on by, so that projection that we had earlier is going to change. Um, and then we have two IDPs projected around 10 and what may never die in Legereus Sneed. If he were to fix his lineup, he does not have an, a D lineman on his bench. Oh, he's going to have to make a roster move. Uh, but if this currently held, which we don't think it will, um, I'd move to 3-3, three and three and Prince Palmer would be 2-4. and four. we got some pretty interesting uh, uh, spots on uh, our rosters right now with uh, Jake starting a guy who's suspended for the year. Uh, he's got an empty spot. Ryan starting a guy on bye. And Danny starting two guys that are very highly questionable. Some of these projections that we just talked about are going to change dramatically before the games this week. Do you have a matchup that you're more excited for than the rest this week? Talking NFL or you're talking... Uh, NFL. I honestly have not gotten a chance to look too much at the NFL schedule yet. This I can week. answer it for you because I bet you we have the same answer. Chiefs, okay. Bills. Uh, yep, that, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and the weird thing uh, is it's not even a primetime game. I mean, it's the game of the week on on uh, Sunday afternoon, but I for sure thought it would be one of the night games. But the, the Cowboys-Eagles game should probably be pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Chiefs-Bills for sure. Definitely not the Commanders-Bears, although that could be interesting for the comedy. Yeah. Well, guys, that's all we got for this episode of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Thank you for listening, and like always, we'll see you next week.